Welcome to Luke 21 Radio, a broadcast explaining biblical prophecy in the tradition of St. Augustine. And now, from Greenville, South Carolina, here's your host, Steve Wood. Hello, this is Steve Wood, and welcome to Luke 21, as we're studying the letters to the seven churches in Revelation. Today is part three of the letter to the church in Thyatira. Why are we doing three broadcasts on one letter? Because there's some things in this letter that are so important. That's why we had the first two broadcasts. And today, the second half of the broadcast, I believe, has a truth in it that leads us to a question that is absolutely essential we can answer properly in order for our children's faith to survive in the 21st century. Eschatology matters. The future, our beliefs about the future matter. But let me get back to the beginning here. It's very interesting. When I was in college, I studied Greek and and the handful of us that were left after some brutal Greek studies were invited to an upper-level seminar where we studied the book of Revelation using the Greek New Testament, and our assignments were to do two papers and oral presentations. One, we'd have to pick one of the seven letters that we're going through now, and then we'd have to pick a chapter uh, from the book of Revelation. And I picked the letter to the church of Thyatira, and then I also picked Mystery Babylon, which is described in Revelation 17 and 18. I picked Revelation 18, but the two chapters, 17 and 18, are like two sides of a single coin, Mystery Babylon. Now, I missed a very obvious connection between the two papers and presentations I gave. There's a connection between Thyatira and Mystery Babylon. Let me take you back to Revelation chapter 2, where Jesus says, I have this against you, that you tolerate the woman Jezebel. Now, Jezebel, for those familiar with the Old Testament, would have brought up images of this wicked queen in ancient Israel who was the enemy of the prophet Elijah, who was leading the nation Israel into idolatry and the immorality that follows idolatry. Now, Jehu was on a mission from God to get rid of Jezebel, who was trying to kill all of God's prophets. And when he came, Jezebel saw him coming, and she knew she was in trouble. So what did she do? She didn't pull out a sword or call her soldiers. It says in 2 Kings 9 and verse 30, she painted her eyes and adorned her head and looked out the window. You see, Jezebel in the Old Testament, Jezebel in the book of Revelation, referring to the first century, was bringing up the same deception that she just this false prophetess in the church of Thyatira was doing the exact same thing that Jezebel was doing. On the surface, looked very attractive. Just beneath the surface, there was venom. And this is what I didn't get in my upper division course, Greek course in the book of Revelation. 
you go to the mystery Babylon, starting in Revelation 17, and how is this false system seducing the people of God portrayed? As a great harlot, and with the wine of whose fornication the dwellers of the earth have become drunk. In other words, they're deceived. And the woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet and bedecked with gold and jewels. She was dressed as a harlot, the great harlot Babylon. And one insightful commentator put it very succinctly, and this is the connection. Jezebel herself was a representative of this system, which is later called Babylon. And Babylon, make no mistake, is out to seduce the church into idolatry and immorality. And hear this, the world has already, apart from Christ, the world has already been deceived. Her deception in Revelation 17 and 18, a lot of people think, oh, it's about the church in chapters 2 and 3 and about the rest of the world, the rest of the book of Revelation. Uh Uh-uh. The whole book of Revelation is connected. In fact, the angel says for in a loud voice in chapter 1, send this, what you see, to the seven churches. This whole book is for the seven churches, and Jezebel is just one branch. She's like your banking branch of a big multinational bank. Well, she's just one little branch in one little church sowing corruption that will kill spiritual life. So, the book of Revelation is connected, and Jezebel, along with Mystery Babylon, are not just after the bad guys. They already have the bad guys. They're after the church, make no mistake, and that hasn't changed between the first and the 21st century. And now we get to something why I just felt compelled to do this broadcast. Listen to Revelation chapter 2 and verse 26. He says, you know, for the rest of you, the ones that aren't following Jezebel and this deception here, I'm going to reward with, quote, power over the nations. What is Jesus talking about? It says, he who conquers and keeps my works until the end... I will give him power over the nations, and he shall rule them with a rod of iron, as when earthen pots are broken in pieces, even as I have received power from my Father. Now, a lot of very bright commentators will tell you that the book of Revelation is only about the first century, and I've said this several times. It is about the first century. It is historically rooted, but is it is it only about the first century? Really? Are you saying in the first century that the early Christians here, like in the church of Thyatira, the faithful ones, had complete power over the Roman Empire? Uh, if you study history, secular and religious, uh, that's not the case. What is this referring to? Well, the end that Revelation 2.26 is referring to, ruling over the nations, is referring to our eternal future. Now, here's the question, and if you don't know how to answer this question, I dare say (laughs) your children are going to grow up and find it very seductive 
When they hear the cry, let us eat and drink, for tomorrow we die. If their view of eternal life is an Elvis mansion, Graceland in Memphis, uh, with streets paid with Kruger Rands and Bitcoin or whatever else, you know what? They're going to blow it off. For let's eat and drink, for tomorrow we die. Our future heaven will be on earth. If you read Revelation chapters 21 and 22, and I realize everybody starts with the back of the Bible, the book of Revelation, so this time it's okay. Go to the back of the back. And the last two chapters of the Bible are clear as a bell. Everything in heaven comes to earth. Earth is divinized as heaven is. And our future is not going to be in the sky. Our future is going to be on a new earth. Now, how in the world does that work? Well, I have plenty of references here for you, starting with Dr. Francis Martin. He says, quote, the glorified humanity of Jesus, Jesus is the point where all humanity comes to dwell with the Father. Heaven or the Father's house is not so much a place as the divine communion of life and love in which we share through the glorified humanity of Jesus. You may need to listen to this broadcast a couple of times, but I'm going to move on. Dr. N.T. Wright, a world-class Anglican scripture scholar, he says, quote, the point of God becoming incarnate is not to rescue people from this world and take them somewhere else. The point of God becoming incarnate is in order to launch his kingdom on earth as in heaven. So eternal life, I'm talking about after the second coming of Christ, eternal life is not on a celestial cloud. Rather, the faithful will be ruling the nations as princes and princesses on a new earth. Reality, folks, there will be nations and there will be those governing it and those who are faithful to Jesus in the midst of idolatry and immorality and persecution will be rewarded with reigning with Jesus. Now you say, Steve, you pulled these out of nowhere. This I've never heard this before. I mean, it's got to be every other hymn about eternal life is about being on the cloud somewhere or streets paved with gold or just dreamy mansions where we're going to live forever. Let's listen to the Catechism of the Catholic Church. Three important paragraphs. I'm going to give you the essence. The first one is 1024. The perfect life with the most holy trinity, the communion of life and love with the trinity, is called heaven. Heaven is like is life with the blessed trinity, communion with the life of the trinity. Catechism section 1025, to live in heaven is to be with Christ. Turn to the last two chapters of the Bible. Where's Jesus after the second coming? He's on earth. To be in heaven is to be with Christ. Christ is on earth. Click section 1026. Heaven is the blessed community of all who are perfectly incorporated into Christ. You see, heaven is with Christ, in Christ, communion with Christ. Now, somebody's going to say, aha, I'm going to get you here, Steve. What about the heavenly mansions in John 14, 2? Well, first of all, the translation in today's 
current English is highly defective. It comes from the King James. Mansions is simply the Greek word for dwelling places. So when Jesus was promising, I'm not going to leave you of orphans, I'm going to come again, and in the meantime, I'm preparing a dwelling place. Now, the dwelling place, again, is not an Elvis Graceland mansion. The dwelling place is in Christ, with Christ, union with Christ. This is eternal life. And if you turn again to that last second to last chapter of the Bible, Revelation 21 and verse 22, hear this, I saw no temple in the city. See, there is no building. For its temple is the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb. And we are incorporated into this. We are tabernacle. Like in the Old Testament, the Jews would spend a week in a tent getting used to dwelling in a special place in fellowship with God. Guess what? This is going to expand a million fold. And if you look at the verse after John 14, 2, where Jesus promises many mansions, or many rooms, this is what he says. And when I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again, second coming, and will take you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. And there, all the stuff you read about, the jewels and the gold and the diamonds and all of these things you read about in the last two chapters of Revelation are trying to expand the human comprehension of what life will be like with Jesus. In him is eternal life. In him is heaven. I'm Steve Wood, your host. You've been listening to episode 69 of Luke 21 Radio. Luke 21 is a radio outreach of Family Life Center International. To learn more about biblical prophecy and to order copies of Luke 21 broadcasts, visit us online at luke21.com.